It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Andy Stanfield realized that her style of quilting and teaching can encourage others to express their creativity in a tangible way. She decided to create fabulous designs with easy-to-follow patterns for adventurous quilt makers in the world. People are excited about the designs and eager to enroll in her online quilting classes. As I mentioned last week, Andy Stanfield and Tori McElwain have come together to bring us another wonderful quilting podcast called Quilting on the Side. So I reached out to them to bring you these updates of what's been happening in their lives since we last spoke. It was fun to be updated on what they've been up to, and this episode is my chat with Andy. Andy, I've been looking forward to doing an update with you on A Quilter's Life, and I'm excited to hear what you've been up to. Andy and I got to visit a couple years ago, and so her earlier podcast is still available and she has a wonderful story. So don't forget to check that out. So Andy, are you still in Phoenix? Yes, Paula, I am. I have settled my roots pretty deeply here. It's wonderful to be in one location after growing up as an Air Force brat and moving all the time. And we have both sets of grandparents in town. So it's really nice especially during the holiday season, we can see the whole family without a lot of travel hassle. So yeah, Phoenix is home and I don't see that changing. I noticed that the family we're closer to physically, it seems like we only get together when family from out of town comes. So is it hard to get together during other times of the year? It can be. Yes, you sit down and you realize, oh my gosh, it's been weeks or a couple months. But no, we try to get together for dinner or my mom's also a quilter. And so we do get together pretty regularly to sew and just enjoy each other's company. So we do make that a priority in our lives. Great. In the last episode we did together, you mentioned that you were being a taxi driver for your daughter. I'm assuming she's driving now? Yes. About a year ago, she got her driver's license. And I'm a nervous passenger to begin with. So I prefer to be the driver if we're going on long trips or shop hops with other quilters. Please let me drive. It's better for everyone. So I had been hoping that my husband would take over the training of the new driver in the house. And unfortunately, I work from home and he has to commute every day. So the summertime driver's ed kind of fell in my lap. And so luckily I have good blood pressure medication and lots of wine. And now I don't know, for some reason, it's much easier to wave goodbye and say my prayers when she's on the road by herself. It's so much harder for me to be a passenger with her. But yes, we got through the 
driver's license, the, all the training, and she is fiercely independent and looking forward to going off to university next year. So that's our big milestone coming up. Oh, boy. It's a fun time. It can be sad, but exciting. Looking over the different colleges to decide where she wants to go. I'm sure you're... Yeah, yeah. I always think of her as adventurous, but she really wanted to stay fairly close at home. So we're in Phoenix. She's going down to Tucson to the University of Arizona, and she's got a good plan for hopefully the rest of her life, maybe just the next decade or so. You never know with kids. But I saw a good quote online recently talking to parents that may be entering the empty nest phase. And she says, as you mentioned, that can be kind of sad. But if you reframe it and think of yourself as a bird launcher. So that's what I'm trying to think of is that that mama bird watching her little one spread her wings is a much happier image. Mm -hmm. So in the last couple of years, have you started any new hobbies? I have. I mean, quilting will always be my first love, but it's kind of a funny story how I got into diamond painting. You know, those little kits where you put crystals, it's kind of like color by number. But a friend and I went over to the Road to California show and we got there in the early afternoon. So we had time to browse the vendor aisles and neither one of us brought a sewing machine because we were in classes where all the material and equipment was supplied. But we both wanted something to do in the hotel room in the evening and we hadn't brought any sewing to do. So we were really enthralled by the paint by number diamond kits that one booth had. And so we each got a picture and we spent every night in the hotel room putting our little crystals in place. Yeah, that's kind of a fun mindless project that I can do that's a little bit easier to do in the family room in the evenings rather than hide myself away in my sewing room. So just a little fun different craft project. Is it something that sits on a table or hangs on a wall? I will be framing these. They're wall print size. So like eight and a half by 11, 11 by 14 type pictures that you can hang on the wall. Neat. You mentioned your mom, so I understand you still get to quilt with her. I do. She is busy Luckily, retired life revolves around her quilting and knitting groups. So I just make a point when I have free time to get on her schedule and we get together. And so and she still gives me lots of ideas, pattern ideas and things. So we have quite the text message back and forth as we consult each other on projects and get opinions on color schemes and next steps. So it's always good to have an experienced quilter to bounce ideas off of. Now, you guys had done a book together. Is there any collaboration in the future on another book? We haven't really talked much about another book project. That's a pretty big endeavor to make all the samples and do the writing and the pattern design, and we self-published. So that added another whole layer to things. 
but she'll occasionally give me a pattern idea that I can do quickly and get out. Most of my patterns these days are PDF digital downloads. So I sell those through my website. But yeah, I just love her work. Our collaborations these days are more of me long arming for her as she tries to get through her stash and just does wonderful scrappy projects. Now, long arming is part of the business you have too, correct? Yes. My business is True Blue Quilts and I design patterns and I do a little bit of long arm work for local customers. I know other long armers will have quilts mailed to them from around the country, but I have always been more comfortable and have plenty of work just with local quilters. So I prefer to do those transactions in person, but it's always a catch 22. I'm busy with quilting for other people. And then I have my own ideas, my own quilt tops that just keep piling up. So I need to limit the number of customers that I work with and be able to schedule time for my own projects as well. But I do have one steadfast quilter who brings me all her tops and we have a wonderful working relationship because she is an improv quilter. So she just kind of designs her own things, very whimsical, a lot of applique. And then she really gives me a lot of creative freedom to do the free motion quilting on her quilts. And I have featured several of our collaborations on my YouTube channel. So that's been a lot of fun. And she definitely keeps me busy over the last few years. Well, quilting on an improv quilt, that probably stretches you quite a bit to figure out how you want to free motion quilt that. Yeah, we've done several where she does improv flowers and then I quilt every flower across the quilt with a different combination of filler stitches. So like you said, it really stretches me. It's a fun, creative exercise to decide which designs I'm going to stitch on which flowers and different shapes she's done. She did one with houses. She called it a fairy village. And yeah, it was just a lot of fun. When she brings you the quilt, does she have some kind of idea of what she wants you to do or does she leave it all up to you? It's been a back and forth. There are some projects where she has something in mind and she'll tell me very specifically, this is what I want. And we definitely spend some time with a sketch pad and I'll say, well, what about this type of design or leaf shape or flower petal? And she hates feathers. She's very much more into the modern different fillers, not the ornate heirloom feathers. That's not her style. So I learned that very early, but that gives me a chance to play with other geometric shapes and combine them in a more modern way. So that's been fun. Wow. So much work to put into it. (laughs) Remind me of what all True Blue Quilts offers and have you expanded over the last couple of years? True Blue Quilts encompasses my pattern shop online. 
I have a YouTube channel. We do sew-alongs there, so you can find me as True Blue Quilts on YouTube. I teach and give guild lectures, so people can reach out to me at True Blue Quilts if you'd like to see a trunk show of all my different designs. I teach locally. I can travel if that's a desire for a guild or a shop. But the last year in 2023, I played with a block of the month. I am a member of Phoenix Modern Quilt Guild, and I stepped into the role to coordinate their block lottery each month where people make a specific block and then we draw a winner and you go home with all the blocks. And I challenged myself and the group to make six by nine finished blocks. So not the typical square quilt block. We were playing with rectangular shapes. So that had a bunch of design implications because classic blocks, you had to shift some of the dimensions and you ended up working a lot with half rectangle triangles to get some of the shapes for a classic quilt design like the Friendship Star was a fun block to redesign into a rectangular format. And I had worked with half rectangle triangles before. So that became my little bit different block of the month for 2023. And again, just a fun challenge from the design aspect to reinterpret a lot of classic quilt blocks and see if they would fit and how we could make them work in a slightly different shape. So that was a big focus of the last year. And along with that process of redesigning classic quilt blocks to a different dimension. So as I was working with this different size of quilt block, I realized that the process would be much easier if I had a ruler that was exactly the dimension that I was working with. And there wasn't that size on the market. So I contacted my friends at Off the Wall Quilt. They help quilters come up with custom templates. And we designed the little bit different ruler that finishes at six and a half by nine and a half. So you can trim all your blocks exactly the right size. And I included those diagonal markings for the half rectangle triangles. So that is the great feature of that ruler is it really makes those units come together. And I have a lot of fun and I've still got more ideas. So there's more coming for the folks that like to quilt a little bit different. I got to interview Julie of Off the Wall Quilter. That was fun. Yeah, she does some great work with rulers and the angle play templates. And I've known her for almost 10 years now. She helped edit our first book. So that was our connection with Julie. Oh, cool. You mentioned having the 2023 block of the month. Have you started a 2024 block of the month? I have so many ideas. It's hard to figure out which one to do first. I do have some ideas for additional little bit different blocks. It won't be a full 12 month block of the month, but I've got six of them in the planning stages. So probably more towards the spring, summer, we will come out with a additional add-on set of blocks for the little bit different collections. So not a full 
12 month block of the month, but new stuff is coming. How exciting, something to look forward to. I'm not sure how it works if you have to apply every year or if it's a continuation, but are you still an ambassador for Island Boutique? Island Boutique ambassador applications open up usually in November. So you'd have to keep your eye on the website if you were interested in that. I did not apply for the 2023 year. So I've kind of let that go. It was a fantastic experience. I know there's a lot of debate in the quilt world about the pros and cons of being a brand ambassador and how much compensation, whether you get a straight up paycheck or just kind of that in-kind fabric, is that enough, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of debate, but I found it such a wonderful program and experience. As I've mentioned with several of my quilting stories, I love having the guidelines of a challenge that someone else has come up with. And so having the different projects every month for Island Batik was just exactly the way my creative mind likes to work. Give me a theme and let me see what I can come up with to match that. And so it was really, really fun. And I love working with the batik fabric. So it was just a perfect match for me. However, it did get to be pretty intense having to come up with a lap size quilt project almost every month. And the months that you were not doing a full quilt, we did things like buy Annie bag patterns. And those are pretty involved projects to make. And having to churn out these items on a deadline was very intense. So when I went back to work full time, I realized that that would be too much to juggle. So I let that go. But it still is so much fun to see all the projects from the current round of ambassadors. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's fun. But yeah, it definitely is work. So you need to consider if you have the time available to devote to those type of projects, but definitely a positive experience overall. I haven't worked with Batik Fabric, and I have a personal question here. On my trip to Alaska, I bought fabric that is specific to Alaska, has Alaskan designs, but they are Batiks. And what is the difference of care that I need to pay attention to between Patiks in the cotton I'm used to working with? For the most part, they are interchangeable. I use batiks and mix that in with regular quilting cotton in many, many projects without a problem. Some people will adjust their needle size I'm pretty lazy. I don't bother testing and going into that kind of stuff. You may want to be a little more diligent in pre-washing with batiks because the dyes may bleed more than you would see with a commercial fabric, especially, you know, reds and purples and, and the really dark colors. So if you have a high contrast quilt where you have some white or very light fabrics that those darker ones could bleed onto. You'd want to catch that ahead of time. 
batiks may have a little bit stiffer hand because of the wax dyeing process. So again, pre-washing to soften those up would be a good tip for anyone working with batiks. Thank you. Well, you have joined with Tori McElwain to start a new podcast. Tell me about that. Yeah, it has been such a fun journey to collaborate with Tori. And I think she was the one that actually introduced me to you. So it's been several years that we have been quilt friends. And then we decided this year to start a podcast. Actually, I had the idea for the name first in one of our conversations. And so I mentioned to her, hey, would you ever consider doing a podcast? I think it would be fun to talk about some of the challenges of starting a quilt business. And we'd call it quilting on the side because we both have other full-time jobs. So what do you think? And a few months later, she was like, hey, are you still interested in doing that podcast? Let's really try and make it work this year. And it has been such a huge learning experience, but really, really fun to talk to other quilters, to have conversations about the different aspects of running a business and trying to make some money from this wonderful hobby that we have. And it seems like so many are joining the business aspect of quilting. That's a very needed topic too. Yeah, we've started to see more people talk and share their experiences and offer some guidance. So Tori and I actually met initially in a quilt business program that Shannon Brinkley offers. And yeah, we've just continued our friendship since then. And we actually shared a booth at QuiltCon when it was in Phoenix a couple of years ago. So yeah, we just find our businesses dovetail with each other really nicely. And we have a really good working relationship. She's a fantastic person to work with. She has a lot of the structure. I come up with these grand ideas and, you know, I'm more of that flashbang. And she's like, no, you got to stick with the plan. Let's get it done. And so it's been a good working relationship. I think it would be nice to have a co-host at times to bounce back and forth between you. So you're able to do some of those solo podcasts without a guest necessarily, but you can bounce things back and forth. That's really nice on your show. Well, thank you. Yeah, we do have a good rapport. Yeah, we could have the whole show, just the two of us talking about all the different aspects and different topics that come up, as I mentioned earlier, with the ambassadorship type debate and even silly stuff like, do you pre-wash your fabric can get quilters going for a big discussion. It is a little bit of a challenge with the time zone because Tori is in Michigan and I'm here in Arizona. So we have those challenges sometimes. We both have full-time jobs. So this is one more of those things that we do after hours. So a lot of our recording gets done 
in the evenings after she puts her kids to bed, because we do have that discrepancy too. She has young kids. I've got an independent teenager. So yeah, it helps to bring the different perspectives in place as well. So we are recording season two. We hope to have that out here in the spring. The next episode is scheduled for January 16th of 2024. And yeah, we have a long list of ideas. So we'll keep broadcasting as long as people are listening. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. We did mention the name of it, right? Maybe not. It's Quilting on the Side podcast on all the standard places, Apple, iTunes, Spotify. We throw our recordings up on YouTube as well. So lots of options for people to listen. Great. After you met Tori, I know you both realized that you have the military background. And so you had other things in common too. But when did you realize that you could do a collaboration? I reached out to her for QuiltCon, I think was our first collaboration. Like I said, when we first were in that online class together, her name stood out to me because it is very similar to my maiden name. She's McElwain with a W and I was McElvain with a V. So I texted her and said, you know, I think we're related somewhere in that family tree. So that was a fun icebreaker. And then at the time she lived in Southern Arizona. So when QuiltCon came to Phoenix, that was just a natural thing for me to reach out to her. And we had stayed in touch after the online class ended. So I knew her level of engagement online was similar to mine. And we had just chatted back and forth and had kind of group discussion events that we participated in regularly. So finding someone who matched that engagement level, who wanted to do more with her quilt business, it seemed like we were on a similar path. So it made it really easy to collaborate. And I'm just thrilled that she was willing to go on this adventure with me. Well, from what I've heard, I think you two really mesh. And I'm glad that you found each other to collaborate. Yeah, it's fun. Like you said, having some things in common, but enough differences to keep life interesting and our strengths really complement each other. So it's a definite plus when you find someone that you can engage with Mm -hmm. successfully. Yeah. I know you first brought up the idea of a podcast, but what was your thinking of, I mean, why would anyone want to start a podcast? (laughs) I think that's where... I'm just enough of an extrovert. And plus, I have the deep-seated teacherness in me that I need to tell people and give some guidance. So if I can share my story and inspire someone else, if I can talk to other quilters who have navigated this crazy world of business, because you can make a quilt or explain the steps as in pattern writing does not mean that you can have a successful online business. And so 
you really have to figure out where those skills are missing and search out the best ways to increase your knowledge in the business arena. So yeah, I am happy that it has worked out as well as it has. Yeah, as we can tell just from today, I like talking about quilting. I like talking about what has worked and what hasn't over my journey. So a podcast was kind of a no brainer. (laughs) Now there's the collaboration with the podcast, but you each have your individual businesses. This didn't combine your businesses. So how does that all work? We agreed to collaborate on Quilting on the Side podcast as a separate entity from our two businesses. And again, one of Tori's strengths is being really clear up front with the plan and with the goals. And so we came up with a contract that specifies our different responsibilities. We split the costs. And we're, of course, hoping that some of the engagement with the podcast will spill over and give some exposure to our other businesses. You could see this as a strength or a weakness that you have this separate business that is definitely taking some of the time that you could be using for your original efforts, but they complement each other. And so we're hoping that it brings additional interest into our other projects as well. So hoping that it just is symbiotic and contributes to the growth of the whole entity, whether it's the podcast or the individual businesses. I would say that it flows into Tori's coaching services a little more just because we are focused on the business aspects. And so we're not directly promoting any patterns that I may come up with as true blue quilts, but maybe down the road, there would be opportunities where I could bring that in a little more, but we'll see. I enjoy being the sidekick to some of Tori's business coaching. For instance, the audacious virtual retreat that we're hosting in January is going to be a fun weekend of planning for the future. And as you were talking, I was wondering about that retreat, whether that was under Tori's business or if that was under Quilting on the Side podcast. It is under Quilting on the Side podcast. So any fees and the expenses associated with running the online retreat, that's all with the accounting for the podcast. As I said, yes, it seems like a natural funnel towards her coaching business. And Tori runs a group called DMMC, Digital Marketing Magic Community. So she really is set up to directly help quilters in the online space. And I just sit back and absorb all of that, hoping to use her knowledge in True Blue Quilts. So Yeah, they're separate entities. They do overlap, but we have very clear delineation about what is associated with which business. Well, I have loved talking with both you and Tori, and 
a big part of what I love is as both of you talk, you are uplifting the other one so much that it's really her. It's really her. (laughs) And that is so fun to see how much you respect each other and lift each other up. The best parts of the quilting community are embodied in our partnership. The idea that a rising tide lifts all boats and that we don't need to be in competition with each other. You don't need to be jealous of anyone else's success. We can just lift each other up and continue to support each other and encourage everyone to have success. And I think it shows in how big the quilting community has grown over the last several years. It's been amazing. Almost every time I meet a quilter or see someone, you know, maybe a new quilt YouTube channel pops up and is getting really popular. And the people have only quilted since the pandemic. So it just shows the longevity of the craft that no matter how advanced our technology gets, that we as human beings still like to create beautiful things with our hands. So I'm very proud to be part of this community. Mm -hmm. Andy, is there anything else you wanted to share that I might have missed? No, I think we covered most everything that I'm doing these days. So I just want to Thank you again for having me on the show and to everyone that's listening. Thank you for making this podcast space so wonderful. And we'll see you soon out there somewhere on the internet. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. And don't forget to check out truebluequilts.com and the Quilting on the Side podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, Thanks for listening.